0: You know what the biggest thing that's a hurdle when you're starting a business is, it's not actually like the business all the time, it's like your confidence and your like tenacity and like resilience.
1: What's up and welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Very Best Self podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown, and I'm so freaking excited to have Rachel Liverman Crane on the podcast today. She is the CEO and founder of Globar in New York City. So, uh Globar does express facials in the city for busy New Yorkers. Um but stay tuned because uh she very well may be popping up in a city near you wherever you are. Uh she is kind of kicking ass and taking names with six locations in New York City. Uh girl boss what? Uh so it's really fun to have her on today. It's really uh just really cool to chat with her uh, and and kind of learn how she took her dream and made it rea- a reality. And beyond that in this episode, we get into, you know, what it means to be an entrepreneur and dating and trying to find love in New York city, uh, which is no easy feat, uh, in any city in any city, to be honest, but, uh, how she managed to do that and kind of, you know, the mindset that it took to create a business, but beyond that, the mindset shifts that she had to make, um, before she met her now husband. Uh, so lots of stuff relationship wise, entrepreneur wise, and it's a really, really great episode. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed talking to Rachel. Here we go. Welcome back to the very best self podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown, and I'm so excited to have Rachel Liverman Crane on the podcast. That's her new last name. She's newly married. Um, so I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. She is the founder and CEO of glow bar here in New York city and potentially beyond. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Um, okay. So I have been to Globar, um, and it's amazing. It's uh, so basically for anyone who's never been, it's um, an express facial for busy New Yorkers is kind of how it started out, right? Yep, exactly. Um, and then you can add on different kinds of treatments if you have the time and you want to make your session like longer and you have the time to do so. Uh, but one thing that's definitely unique about Glowbar is that you wash your own face, like as you come in. And personally, I love this because like, on a personal note, like I'm a girly, like I teach SoulCycle. I work out for a living and that my listeners know, and people who ride with me at SoulCycle know that I wear makeup to every class that I teach and I hate going to a facial where they spend like half of the time taking my makeup off. And I'm like, I don't want to be robbed of the time that I have with the facialist to take my makeup off. Like I can do that myself. Like I want to get in and like immediately start like the session, you know, the good stuff.
0: Yes. Yes. You're like hired as our like PR, like head of PR. (laughs) Um, Yes. That's exactly like, that's, that's why I created it. I was like so frustrated by not only facials being too long. Like I was like, even if I have two hours to spend, I don't want to spend it there. I want to spend it at a soul cycle class, taking care of my body or with friends I haven't seen in forever, or even by myself reading a book, you know, it's like right. time is our greatest asset. So that was like the whole impetus to starting Glowbar. And then don't even get me started on like how much facials cost, right? I was like, even if I have $400 to blow on a Saturday afternoon, again, would rather spend it on a new shirt to wear out that night or going out with friends where like, I'm also like filling up my cup in that way. Um, and then even more so I was like, I don't know who to trust because facials like, you know, they, they pitch you on this glow facial or anti-aging facial. And you're like, you leave after all the fluff and you're like, did they do anything? Like, did, does my skin look any better? It took them 10 minutes to take my makeup off to your point. And then they massaged me and then steamed me. And then I think they did some extra, you know, it's just like, I kept like yearning for something more effective. And so, um, the solve was Glowbar, um, and thank God people like you like it yeah
1: grateful for you, yes. um, so what caused you to, you know, find an interest in the beauty industry because I, as I understand it from like my research about you is that it's kind of been a family affair. Ah, uh, so what's your history and what caused you or led you to to create Glowbar and and uh, start this business?
0: Yeah. So I'm obsessed with. Feeling good and helping others feel good, like from a young age. Like, I am like extroverted. I love to like help others. I like, I think like the beauty industry is so wonderful in that respect and always has been. Not only is it like so innovative, but it's like makes us feel good. Like, it's so much fun to play with makeup. Like, I love that you wear makeup every day. Like, even I have gotten like so into makeup lately because I'm like, it's so much fun that we get to play with this stuff. And like, I don't know, like, I'm buying Kylie cosmetics these days. It's insane. (laughs) I've like totally like, fallen into the trap, but it's so much fun. And so I loved beauty. I loved, um, skincare obviously, but I started in beauty. I spent a decade in, in beauty, working for different beauty brands, um here in New York and then my family is in skincare my grandmother pioneered skincare in the US in the 70s my mom owns the business today and they were always asking me like are you getting facials and my answer was no because of the things we just discussed and so i was like well i'm 32 at the time why don't i like come up with a different option that meets the consumer where they are looking for something affordable they want to take care of their skin more than than they were back then um and something that's only 30 minutes. So you can fit it in early in the morning, during lunch. If you're taking the day off really quickly, um, it won't like break your schedule. Um, I always like talk now about like how like time poor we all are. Like we just don't have time to do stuff. Um, and so I took the chance and was like, all right, let's like do it. I didn't have kids. I didn't have a boyfriend or a partner and I didn't have any debt. So I was like, all right, like, this is the time if I'm going to take a risk.
1: Absolutely. I loved that. Uh, I read a line that said that uh, you tell everyone that your grandmother pioneered skincare, your mom advanced it and you are reinventing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a three generation uh, gig we got over here. Um, Yeah. And it's like, it's so much fun. And it also like gets me up in the morning, like. Victoria, like when I think about like, you know, like we all have hard days, like not every day is amazing at Globar. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, do not let me fool you. Um, and but I'm like, oh, well, you know, like there's a legacy that we're carrying on. Like there's a big why here. And like that just like gets you out of bed um, and just keeps me and I hope my team, um, you know, really like excited about what we're doing every day.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it was different. You also are pioneering a lot here because I don't think as far to my knowledge, there's anything out there that's existed like this. I mean, there's, you know, I think there, there's another brand out there in New York city that kind of made facials more approachable, but they did not touch on the time, the time suck. They didn't, they made it like more in and out and like, you know, not as like, uh, I guess approachable is the word. Yeah. Um, But they didn't do anything to address the time issue. And we're all so freaking busy. It's like, you know, and I don't know when else you can fit in a facial. And I'm, I feel like I was thinking the same thing when you're, you know, you said your parent, your mom was asking you, like, you know, are you getting facials? Are you getting facials? I've known I need to be regular on my facial game in order to like have actual glowing skin. Like it, like there's dead skin cells that like exist and just like live on the surface of your skin. Your makeup doesn't go on as well. Like your skin is not as healthy. Like we have to get rid of the dead cells and whatever. I knew all of this stuff, but. To your to your point, it was just like it took too much time. I don't want to spend that my, I don't want to do that on a weekend. I'm definitely not spending my weekend hours like that. Um, and during the week, it was like really tough. Like, you know, yeah. so 30 minutes is perfect. Um, so when you decided to do this, like what are, you know, some of the biggest hurdles that you faced along the way in in getting in the the business up and running?
0: Oh God. Um at the time I felt like everything was a hurdle. Um, and there was like no end in sight to that. Um uh, I think, you know, what the biggest thing that's a hurdle when you're starting a business is it's not actually like the business all the time. It's like your confidence and your like tenacity and like resilience and like just every day. Like so like fundraising, for example, fundraising, like at its core, isn't that hard. You're just pitching something you love and that you're passionate about. That's not like a hard meeting, right? Like I love talking about Globar. That's like very easy to me. And um, what's hard is when you're like, so you believe in something so much and you want others to, and you keep getting like, you know, resistance or like, just like people that aren't as excited about it as you, you know? And that's where like the resilience comes in and you have to pick yourself up every morning. Like that is the hurdle. Like anyone can start a business. It's just like you have to have the drive and resilience and like tenacity to just keep going because like no businesses are easy to start like right. that. just It doesn't matter if you're starting in any industry. Um, it's just always hard because you're creating something new. It's why not everyone does it. Um, so it's just like picking yourself up. So I would say like, that was the biggest hurdle is just like, you know, I got so many no's from investors and so many people that were like, all right, Rachel, let's see you try to do this now. Like, and I'd be like, oh, like trust me, like this is like this is the one that's gonna like make it. And um, but it's hard to like ignore all that stuff and like cut through the clutter of it. Um, and then I think like the second is is fundraising. Um, you know, if you are looking to raise money, um, and this was, you know, in 2018, um, it like as a woman, it's just harder. Um, it's, you can't avoid it. It's, it's just harder. Um, and so fundraising is hard, even as a man, add on being a woman who had never started a business before, or should I say successfully started a business before? Um, and that's just like something that kind of never got easier until Globar started to be able to prove itself and, and have, you know, the, the business that we have today
1: yeah, how many locations do you guys have currently? We have six open today and a seventh in Cobble Hill, New York opens um in June, oh, right near me. Uh, that's incredible. So, you know, what do you think it was? So obviously, people create great products all the time. People start incredible businesses all the time. So you had one location. like, what do you think that caused it to to become successful and then, Or did like, did you like, was it cart before the horse, horse before the cart? Did you like bet on yourself and open one location and it did amazing. So then you were able to open more or did, had it not even proven itself yet. And you were just like, let's go all in with this and like continue to open them and just like be brand power, you know,
0: it was the former. So I was born and like raised in a way that was like, you can do anything you want to do. Like you can do it. You just are going to have to work hard. And That's like the biggest gift my family ever gave me um, or my genetics, you know, in combination with that gave me because I was never afraid of opening that first door. I was like, if it fails, it fails. No big deal. Every restaurant on the corner over there fails. Like I I can be one of them and still get a job again or something like that. Like I just had no fear about that. It was like, to your point, like, how do we keep it going and how do we make it a success and not just one location? Because that was never my dream. I wanted to help people feel confident in their skin nationwide, worldwide. Um, I am like, I like to go big. um, And so it was like, okay, let's open the first. And it was like a great success. And I think it was because we met the consumer where they were. They're busy. They don't want to spend a lot of time on this. And it's a new behavior to be consistent with facials. Before Glow Bar, you were getting a facial zero to one times a year. With our membership, you're now getting facials one time a month. For $55. And like that just has like changed consumer behavior in a way that, like, there aren't a lot of businesses that have people go from like doing something zero times to doing it 12 times a year. Um, and that I think um was really compelling to the consumer, and they were really excited about it. And then, you know, it's the consumer is so discerning these days. Like you and I are are really smart now, like our parents weren't as smart, they didn't have the internet growing up, they didn't couldn't just Google anything at their fingertips, and so. We can't bullshit our clients when they walk in. We have to give them a super effective treatment that leaves them glowing. And we do that every single time. And that's how you retain your clients and grow your business. And um, you have to, you have to be honest and you have to like uh live up to what you you say you're gonna do. And I think that's where like a lot of brands fall short. You know, they have a great idea and they wanna be something, but it might miss the mark and then you lose the consumer. Um, and that's just not what we're willing to do.
1: Wow, it's I. It's uncanny, you know, how many people, how many women specifically I have on this podcast, female entrepreneurs, who I love. Now that I've been doing this so long, that I start to see some of the same answers come through, which always it doesn't surprise me. It um, it excites me, rather, because I hear so many female entrepreneurs. One thing that they all seem to have in common is this intuitiveness when it comes to business, where things are not necessarily proven, but they're like, no, no, no. Like this is how it's going to be. And also like, if it doesn't work out, like I'll just figure it out when that day comes. I'm not going to like, I don't know. There's something it's, I don't know if it's, in, it's intuitive, this mixed with uh, the thing that female successful female entrepreneurs who I've had had on this podcast all have in common is the understanding or the willingness to bet on themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, look, Like if you can't bet on yourself, it's so cliche, like no one's going to. And like when I told you like my biggest hurdle was my own confidence, like there were meetings where I went into them being like, I feel like such an imposter. Like why should they even invest in me? Like I would listen to like Katy Perry before to like pump myself up, like to just fake it, to like go in and be like, I believe in myself. But like there were more meetings than not at the beginning where I was like, I got to put on a good show right now because like, I'm starting to not even believe in myself. Um, but again, it's just like getting up and doing it again. And then eventually like you do start to feel like, all right, like I am like worth something and I am worth investing in. And, our business is like worth growing and it's like, it deserves the recognition and deserves the attention. And, and, um, and that's a beautiful place to get to, but it like certainly doesn't happen like overnight, like at all.
1: Right. Um, and that's why, You know, it's this, that's what this whole podcast is about. is like talking about the mindset that it takes to, to get there. And, and it's important to recognize that it's like something we chip away at. That's something that you get, you know, you don't just wake up necessarily and get to, it's like, you got to play the Katy Perry song. You got to do this, the things that like, whatever works for you, but like you figure out your hype situation and you get yourself to that place where you're just like, all right, like imposter syndrome be damned because we're doing this. like. Right. Exactly. Um, And I think like the reason why
0: female entrepreneurs like that you interviewed, like, or we all kind of have the same like thread in our story is because you don't get to this point without it. You just can't like you. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how many followers you have on Instagram. Like truly like you, like none of those things, by the way, when you're pitching a business really matter to an investor. Like they're not investing because like they care that you have like 500,000 followers on Instagram and you're personally really wealthy. They're investing because you have a great idea that's going to make them money. Right. And so like, you've got to find that confidence, um, to, to grow a business. Um, it's like table stakes. It's like, you can't, it, you won't get there
1: without it. Yeah. You won't get there without it. Simply, simply put. Um, so, you know, how important is it really though to have like monthly appointments with the esthetician. Cause everything I said before about the dead skin cells and all that stuff, like that's just what I'm assuming and guessing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you're not wrong. So your skin rejuvenates itself and, and like a snake almost, um, our skin rejuvenates every 20 to 30 days. So, um, we have like, more dead skin on us than we even want to know. Like even in our beds and on our pillowcases, um, we're constantly called sloughing off um, and exfoliating ourselves, whether it's because of the products we're using or just our bodies doing what they're supposed to do. And so it's of the utmost importance. If you leave that dead skin on, if you don't treat those problem areas, your skin's going to just get more and more clogged and, um, have those problems persist. And so, um, coming monthly, like it's, it's similar to dental hygiene. Like you should be, brushing your teeth twice a day and you should be getting a facial once a month and that's for healthy skin and healthy teeth. Like that's just kind of like we use that analogy a lot. Um, and furthermore, we use it because you wouldn't clean your own teeth at home. You go to a, de- a hygienist. Right. And so the same you know thinking is that's why you need to go to an esthetician. We are trained. We went to school for over 600 hours many of us. Um and we are like we know your skin, we know what to do what not to do, which is really important. Um how far to push it, um where to you know taper back, what you need to solve the goals that you're looking to solve. Um
1: and it's just important to go to a professional for that. Right? Yeah, take it seriously. Uh-huh. Um <clears throat> So let's shift gears uh, a little bit and talk about kind of just like you as an entrepreneur um, more so, uh, which is you recently just planned a wedding. Yeah. So I'm over here. I'm in wedding planning land. Uh, We are almost at the finish line, Uh, but I have a full-time job and I'm trying to juggle planning this wedding and doing all of these things, but you're running a company with multiple locations. How did you balance planning a wedding and, you know, building still your company and running and managing your company at the same time?
0: Yeah. um, So it wasn't hard. And I just say that maybe because like it was Like a wedding is one of the great, beautiful, joyous things in life. And I think like, as you get older, you have perspective of like, hold on to those things and enjoy them because like, life is challenging at times. And so a wedding is one of those moments that's like pure joy, pure celebration, uh, a milestone in your life. Um, and so I kind of like, I guess I just didn't take it that seriously in like every detail had to be perfect. I kind of like let stuff go. Um, for example, I walked in and didn't know what color the curtains were going to be at my venue. Um, same with like, plates and napkins. Like I just kind of had to, I I really focused on picking the big things and then was just like whatever is like the basic, like just bring it in. So like I think we had white plates and like white napkins, like really couldn't tell you. Um so I just like I chose what to focus on and once and I'm very decisive. And I also think that's actually something that in To have a successful business, you have to be like, you have to know where you're going. And for me, I knew the venue. I knew I wanted a killer band. I knew I wanted like good enough food, but like no one goes to weddings for the food. Like who cares if it's that good? I like joked with my friends. I was like, it's okay if you hate the food at my wedding. Like you can tell me, like I don't care because I didn't try to impress you.
1: (laughs) I didn't Um, try to impress you. I want to be clear. I think as long as it's not shitty. Right. As long as it's not terrible, people notice if it's really, really bad. Right. Other than that, it's fine
0: right. Like have a bar that's like popping off, um, and like let everyone have like a really good time. Um, and so that was the approach I took. And so, um, I would say just like, just not getting too crazy about the details helped me balance it all. And, um, I think when you're, when you're like balancing a lot, like you do also, like, doesn't feel like a lot. Cause you're like, I'm always balancing a lot. So like add this on and this is actually fun. It's not like trying to figure out how to solve a problem at work. So um, it was really fun. And we planned it in nine months and like had the best time and then it's over. And it's crazy how there's like a real like post wedding blues. Like it is so, I hate to say it like sad when the wedding's over. Cause you're like, like, you, like, I'm so envious of how you feel right now. Like you probably look at your fiance and you're like oh, nine days, eight days, four days. Like, yeah. It's like there's like this big thing you're so excited about, and then it comes and it's incredible. And then you wake up that Sunday morning and you're like, okay, like we have
1: nothing to plan, and it's um,
0: it's a little bit like, wah,
1: wah. <laughs> but then- what, no, I just experienced that after my bachelorette party. It was the the blues were like insane. So I'm trying to figure out how to not, I mean, we're going right to our honeymoon. So I think that'll help, but I still think I'm going to feel it.
0: I think you will. And just know that everyone does. No one like warned me, like truly like my husband and I, like for the last, the week after we were looking at each other, we're like, are you kind of sad? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I am too. And like, I like, we were just kind of like, are we depressed? Like, uh, but no, it's just wedding blues. It's not like there's something wrong. Um, But yeah, a wedding is just such a, it was, it's, I can't wait for you to experience it and have everyone that you love in one room, like, and in a really good mood, you know, like really like celebrating and having fun. It's a really great time.
1: Uh, I can't wait. So it sounds like you, it was fine. You just balanced it and you just figured it out. And you were like, you, I guess Really, it sounds like the the thing is to focus on the, the the top five or the you know the big things that you care the most about, and then let everything else just be what it is, and just you show up and ready to party. Right,
0: and also like you're gonna hear a couple things after your wedding, like that kind of went awry that you had no idea about. So like for example, apparently, and my stepmom told me this. Apparently, like halfway through cocktail hour, so like I don't know what this says about our guests. We ran out of tequila. <sighs> And my stepmom, went. To it get says it. your guests are party animals. And I like it. <laughs> I do too. I'm like, wait, that's awesome. Or was the like bar not prepared? We'll we'll, we'll just say our, our guests are a lot of fun yeah. um, and hammered. Um, so, and so apparently like my stepmom went to get like a tequila on the rocks or something. And they're like, we are out of tequila. And she was like, you can't be out of tequila. It's the cocktail hour. So you need to send someone to go get more tequila at like a, like a liquor store. And so they did. And like, if I had to like, imagine if like you like knew there wasn't going to be enough liquor, you'd like freak out beforehand. You'd be like, that is unacceptable. Like you'd go into a diva bridezilla mode. But like, I didn't even know that happened. And I'm sure like for a moment, people were like, this sucks. Rachel didn't plan for this, but like, it doesn't even matter. Like it just matter at that point.
1: I'm going and you to tell, tell, say that word to the wise, like, don't tell me anything that's happening. I'm going to tell all my bridesmaids and don't tell me anything that's happening unless I need to know. If I yeah. don't need to know, then you talk, we have a wedding planner. I'm like, you talk to Jill, you tell Jill, yeah. whatever you need, if something's wrong, you tell Jill. Don't, Jill, don't come to me. Yes. Go to Jill. What would Jill
0: do? Just because I
1: would have a full on meltdown if that happened. I know.
0: I know. I was like really embarrassed for a second. And I was like, did anyone else know? And like, I like still haven't gotten a clear answer. So like, TBD, but everyone said they had fun. So.
1: Yeah. And I'm assuming the tequila showed up at some point and then everybody forgot. So who cares? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, well that one 20 minutes where there wasn't tequila. Um, but however, I'm going to be in Italy. So uh in the middle of Tuscany. So if we run out of liquor, I don't know how you handle that situation. I mean, hopefully we don't have to find out. (laughs) I don't think, I don't think Italians
0: like, or where you're getting married will ever run out of liquor. I think it's like they'll run out of, well, they won't even run out of food. You're doing it perfectly. It sounds incredible. Oh my God. I cannot wait to see
1: pictures. I can't freaking wait. I'm getting very excited. I'm very, very excited.
0: When is Uh, it? June 17th. Oh my God, you're really in the countdown. Oh, you're like so happy right now and like excited. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be magical. How many people?
1: 70. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I cannot wait to see pictures. Yeah, very excited. And we're getting married actually at the courthouse on May 12th in two weeks. So okay. sealing the deal. Um, so in, that's going to be in the US and uh, Maryland so that my grandparents can be there. Just exciting. Oh, yeah. that's really sweet. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Very that's excited awesome. about that. Um, so let's talk about entrepreneurship, dating, and you obviously just got married, but you know, you found your, you got married at 36. And so, right. You said, I'm 37, but I met my husband at 36. You met your husband at 36. I want to dive into this topic. We talked a lot, a little bit about it before, um, cameras started rolling. Uh, but you know, there was like a piece of me and I think we've connected on Instagram about this as well, just a little bit, but there was like a piece at a part of me, you know, I think I met Michael at 32, I want to say, or 33, maybe it was 33, but I thought I was gonna be single forever. I thought like I was, it was hopeless for me. Like I would never find love. Um, you know, did you feel, have those similar feelings? Um, and you know, what advice do you have for, for women, especially just busy entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial women who are still looking for love and maybe have some of those feelings of their own.
0: Yeah. Like I always like joke and that's my way of like handling things. But like, I always say that like, I was the typical 30 call it six year old, 35 year old, 34 year old, 33 year old. Um, that was like, I'm never going to find love. Everyone else is married. I was like in fetal position on my couch, like, you know, many nights being like, "What was me. I had another bad date. He ghosted me, whatever the, you know, sob story was of the month and bless my friend's hearts for like dealing with like every single one of those. Um, but yeah, like I was like, I kind of like, I, I just got to a place where I was like, it will happen because I wanted to happen. And like, I have a friend who always would say this to me and was like, you never, like no one ever that wants to get married, doesn't get married. Like if it's a priority for you, like you will make it happen. And like, she always was like, especially you, Rachel, like you like get shit done. You make stuff happen. And like, I started to really believe that in my core. And I was like, you know what? I've put out to the universe that like, I want to get married and like find someone that supports me and accepts me for exactly who I am. And I can be like open with and share the breadth of feelings that I always have and all of that. And, um, then like, you know, I like really always say I like manifested my husband, like just by like putting it out there that like I was optimistic and that I believed it would happen for me. And also like I had a big life outside of that wish. And, um, I think that's really important, whatever it is, you know, for me, I had glow bar, but like, I also started to really prioritize myself and like eating really healthy and, exercising consistently and i like got into like walking which sounds like really silly but like hot girl walk is like a thing now i guess um and i'm usually not hot on my walks i know everyone like these days has like matching outfits but like truly i am like homeless girl walks like homeless girl walks um like dad's clothes walks like yeah. i literally am not a hot girl walking but i walk like a ton and it's really important for me and it's good for my head and my brain and like I just like really was like, okay, it's about Rachel right now, which like, isn't coming from a selfish place. But I just was like, I can't keep like being sad that like, I don't have someone. Um, And, and then it like, you know, then he came along and it was like, and then it made sense. And I was like, oh, now I don't even think about all the others. And my best friend always said that to me. She's like, just when you meet him, none of this is going to matter. And I'm like, how could it not? Tommy never called me back, like you know, or whenever I was crying about that day on the couch. And like, I just like, and then you like meet someone and it's like, okay, like, I don't even know that guy's name. You know, like I just had to make up Tommy because I have no idea what the 25 guys names were between 30 and 36 that I would like cry about. So.
1: Yep. Oh my God. I so relate. I relate in so many ways. And also Adam is the same way, our mutual friend. He walks like literally everywhere. (laughs) It's just made me laugh. Yeah. No, it's like, we're so lucky to live in a, in a city that's like,
0: has a pedestrian lifestyle, like not only for your health, but like also just like, well, I guess mainly for your health and like peace of mind. And I just like love it. And so the pandemic really like shifted all of my, like, health habits into for the better so I loved the pandemic for that
1: yeah and excuse me I was the same way like just before I met Michael I finally had gotten to this place where I was like oh I'm gonna be okay like I'll meet the person when I meet them like and I don't think you could try to get to that place by the way no you cannot think that you cannot fake that. Everyone can tell you that you need to just let it go. You need to just let it be. Just like trust that it'll happen. You can't do any of that. You can't relax. You can't calm yourself down. You can't, you know, when it comes to like thinking, you know, when is my person going to show up? Are they going to show up like worrying and doubting and all of this, this crazy headache and spiral you put yourself through. I think it truly is like someday, one day you just wake up and you arrive at that place where you're just like, it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. For sure. And I think and then like, I that I got,
0: right. And I got there actually by saying like, like when I couldn't get to that place, I really gave myself grace and was like, it's okay that I'm not there yet. Like it's, it's okay to like want something that you don't have yet. And like the resistance to feeling bad about it, I think is also part of the problem. Cause it's like, no, like okay, like I wanted like someone to like celebrate life's wins with and like feel supported when things weren't going great. That's like a human need and desire. That's really fair. So being sad about not having that is a okay. It is like, you have also have to kind of like go through like, I'm sad that I don't have it. And that's okay that I feel that way. And it's okay that I'm not there yet being like rah, rah. I'm, I'm like, okay. Being single, like, and that like will come. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's New York is also like challenging dating and finding a connection with someone. That's for Very sure.
1: Challenging. Yeah. Um, and the one last bit I'll put in on that is, uh, because it really helped me. So I'll share it, but I, used to make at a certain point in my life, a lot of jokes. I would crack a lot of jokes at my own expense. And it was very, very self-deprecating about, you know, well, like, you know, I I don't know, like if I ever had a plus one or like, I'll probably never have a plus one or like just making all these self-deprecating jokes about being single. And at a certain point, I remember I said to myself, like, why am I continuing to make myself the butt end of every joke? This actually isn't funny. It's just like where I'm at in my life right now. It's not a joke and it's not something to laugh about or, or I don't know. And so I promised myself for what, for 30 days, I would not make one single self-deprecating joke about being single. And then once I got to the 30 days, I was like, yeah, this feels much better than what I was doing before. And I just continued on with it. But for anybody who's like out there always making themselves the butt end of jokes in their singleness, like why Don't do I love
0: that you just mentioned this because I did the same for my weight and and I think a little bit about being single but like actually that's so crazy I haven't thought about this but I like okay I joined Noom to like lose weight at the beginning of the pandemic because like Globar like I gained like weight at the beginning because I was just like not putting myself first right and I identified that like my why for like caring about my weight and my health was because I didn't want to abandon myself anymore. And it shifted into like, also the things I said out loud. And I was like, every time I make myself the butt of a joke being like, Oh, like, like I'm chubbier. I don't, whatever I would say. I was like, I'm abandoning myself. And if I abandon myself, I give everyone else permission to do that to me. And it like, I like don't make those jokes anymore. Like and I catch myself. They feel really I'm like, "Wait, like why did I do that to Rachel?" And the same thing about like being single and stuff. I was like, "I'm not going to stop. Like I have a lot to be like proud of." So I think that I think that might be the trick.
1: Yeah. I think it's a big piece. A really big piece. Um yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Uh okay, so what's the future for Glow Bar? Where are we going? What's happening? Can we're you going- share anything? <laughs> yeah, we're like
0: going everywhere.
1: Um we're like ecstatic
0: to break into new markets. Um, We have a couple like on the horizon that we'll be announcing in the next like few months. Um, You know, my goal is to be everywhere. That makes sense for us. Like the sky's the limit. we're really just getting started so um let's get to like 300 350 like glow bars like we're at six right now so um we'll we'll be opening a few more in New York we've got another market coming this year that we'll announce soon um it's not far away um so you can maybe guess that um but uh yeah we're just continuing to grow and 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 continue to like help people feel confident in their skin love it so Globar coming into a city
1: near you. stay tuned. yes. Uh, exactly. last question I will ask you which I ask all of my guests is what is the greatest piece of advice that you would give your younger self?
0: um I would say to like not be so hard on myself. like I mean the self-talk and like perfectionist mindset that I like had when I was younger um caused me like so much stress um and I think that like, just being really like kind to myself and compassionate to myself would have like made things a lot easier at a lot of times.
1: Yeah. Self-love all day. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on Rachel. I really, really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. Me too. All right. That is a wrap for today's episode. I absolutely adore her. Oh my goodness. And it was just honestly, so, I would say the conversation if I had to like, you know, rate this one was just really like authentic and refreshing. I think Um, just, you know, she's just like, Hey, I am a girl who wanted to start a business. And so I did. And I'm a girl who wanted to find love. And so I did. Um, and so she did. And I think, I don't know, I'm just super inspired by her. And it was such an honor to have her on the podcast. And so if you are in New York, uh, definitely check out Glow Bar. I highly recommend it. And uh, wait for it uh, to come to a city near you if uh, it's not there just yet. But that's a wrap for today's episode. You can yep, definitely follow, um, what is it, at Glow Bar. And then you can follow Rachel at as well, she is Rach R A C H E L I S T A on Instagram. So give her a follow. Give Blowbar a follow. You can follow me on Instagram at Victoria Brown. Follow the podcast handle at Very Best Self. Leave us five stars. Definitely hit subscribe. Leave a review if you have five seconds to spare. Share this episode with someone you love. That's how this thing grows, and that's what I got for you today. Love you, mean it. VB out. See you next time.